What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we're going to be reacting to a Britney Dawn YouTube video. It's been a while since I've reacted to a YouTube video of hers. The past few times we've talked about her, it has been related to her podcast, but she's been doing this series of like juicy Christian girl Q&A chats with three of her friends, Kelly, Farron, and Emma. They did three parts, and the most recent one was like more of the same of what they spoke about in the previous one that I had already reacted to, and now Brittany did post a solo video on YouTube doing a, a juicy Christian girl chat. I think is that's just the title of this YouTube video. So what I figured would be good for all of us because the last time I reacted to Brittany, um, Brittany Dawn's podcast episode with all of her friends, I did get a lot of comments about how it was very difficult to listen to and um, get through everything that was in that episode. There were a lot of voices. There was a lot of laughing. Like it just, I understand that most of the people in my audience would not choose to listen to Brittany Dawn or um, Brittany Dawn and her friends. And so even though I'm reacting to it, we're talking about what's going on. It might not be super enjoyable for you to actually have to listen to those parts in a reaction. So anyway, that's why I listened to that episode by myself already. That way I could just pick out any um, important things to bring to you and let you know. I mean, a lot of what was in there, like I said, is stuff that we've already gone over or like questions that they've already answered. It's a lot of stuff kind of like along the same line. There is one thing I want to talk about though. And then after that, we'll watch Brittany's solo Q&A video and we'll see if she answers any new questions, if it's some of the same ones that were in the podcast. I don't know. I haven't seen the video, so we'll get to it when we get to it. However, I truly believe I may have heard the world's most infuriatingly ignorant statement be said on the podcast episode by who I believe is Farron. If this is Farron, if this is you, if you happen to watch this and you said this, I'm going to need you to to leave a comment explaining yourself. Like I I literally am going to need you to tell me what you meant by this. I need you to tell me that you misspoke, that I heard you wrong. Uh, that's that's the only thing that I, that's that's the only solution to this is that you misspoke and I heard you wrong because Farron in this episode said that, um, you know, her and Brittany and Emma and Kelly, they're all just like such social justice girlies in the trafficking world. And the thing that's really awful about sex trafficking of children is that, um, by 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 raping these children you're exposing them to the positive hormones that your body experiences during sex and that's basically like a drug so you're getting children hooked on drugs and that's like the worst part of um child trafficking is that they feel good when they're being assaulted Now, let me be perfectly clear, and I will play the clip for you. She didn't say that the children feel good, but I don't know what I'm supposed to infer by her saying that you're getting children hooked on drugs because they're experiencing the chemical high of endorphins that people experience when they have sex. I present to you her own words without further comment because I, I have nothing. I, I have nothing. I went on a tear earlier. Um, I was listening to this episode on Saturday and I heard it and like it was in the background. I was I was doing some grocery shopping online and so I was kind of focusing on that and I heard this and I was like, did, did she just say what I think she just said? I think so. I think she did. And then today I was going back to screen record it and like find the actual spot where she said that and I heard it again and like me literally listening and focusing on the words she was saying, I went off. I, 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 I did. I apologize to my husband because there may have been some raising of my voice and like 
at being like, I just, I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe that that is a thing that you would say. Are you okay? Like, and the, oh, oh, and the other thing. I know I said, well, presented without comment. Here's what she said. No, here's an additional comment. Kelly's supposedly a nurse. There's a nurse in the room. And she's gonna, like, let, let her say that and not say anything? I'm concerned. I truly so concerned. But anyway, um, here's the clip of Farron saying that. Pornography is an open door to demons. And so no one ever has talked about that side, the spiritual side of it, which I feel like needs to be talked about. You are opening your life to darkness. And that that is a very scary thing, knowing that like the demonic has full open doors to your life. And so if we are talking about it spiritually, people need to know that. And then second, you need to know that God did create you as a sexual being, but again, there was a time. So sex does produce Nurse Kelly. Um, it's a drug. It's a total drug. Total endorphin high. Total endorphin high. It does so much for your brain, your health, everything. It's great. Yeah. Okay. So if you're awakening that at ages, it is not supposed to be awakened in. And especially all of us are such justice girls within the trafficking realm. If you're awakening that at infants, it's like you literally put a child into this hyperactive, you literally just put them on drugs. Mm -hmm. And so they they only know to continue it, but it gets worse, especially when they don't know. And then they go to other things. And I think, Brittany, you touched on such a good thing. The enemy lies to you and says, it's no big deal. It's no big deal if your husband has magazines. It's no big deal if guys look at this with girls and, and do whatever they need to do. But if somebody were to come alongside you and and say pornography is an open door to demons in the spirit. You are welcoming demons in your marriage if you are viewing pornography in marriage. And that's not something that we want to be involved in because we no longer have full control over our lives. Are you angry? Because I am. And in order to put myself in a less um, agitated and heightened headspace before we get into Reacting to Brittany Dunn's video, let's go ahead and do win for the week. If you're newer around here, a win for the week is where you share something good that happened to you over the past week. It could be something big or small, whatever it may be. If it brought you joy, if it made you happy, if you just felt good accomplishing something or having something happen to you, anything. You can share it in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you are listening to the podcast, you can um, share it in the Q&A section for this particular episode. Now, my win for the week is being able to get recertified in CPR and first aid. Um, normally, those I, I've been certified since 2012. So whenever I have to do recertification classes, it's always just kind of a drag. I mean, it's like, all right, okay, let's go ahead and do this. It's important for me to be recertified. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, but I'm not super happy about it. However, this weekend when I went, the instructor that I had was a retired EMT and a retired firefighter. And he had so much knowledge. Like I, I felt like I learned so many new things in that class. He was very knowledgeable. He was very skillful. And I came home and I was telling my husband, I was like nerding out over all of the cool things that I learned in this class. So it was a really great experience. I felt like it was super valuable and like it was a good use of my time to go to that class. So that is my win for the week. And I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. Best advice for body confidence. Do you do or believe in Botox? This is a spicy question. As a Christian, do you use toys during sex? Um, <laughs> hello YouTube and welcome back Hi. to my channel. I am really excited for today's video. I am doing a juicy girl chat Q&A. Just a little disclaimer, I will be talking about things in regards to sex and adult conversations, so if you have little ones around, please listen with discernment. Gosh dang it, why am I already thirsty? My water craving can wait. Okay, so we're- Girl, drink some water. What What do you mean your water craving can wait? Drink some water. Here, I got water here. I'll take a drink right now. Look. It's so refreshing. Also, I'm probably going to lose my mind if she tries to get on this video and be like shy, like giddy and coy about sex questions because literally in that episode that she did with her 
three friends or like the multitude of episodes they talked about sex so much and like how good it is and how amazing it is and oh thank god that god invented different positions other than missionary they talked about oral sex like they talked about so many different things and they thought that they were so cool for doing it so if she gets on here by herself and tries to play coy it's gonna irritate me but let me not speak too soon it's literally 30 seconds in (laughs) jumping into some questions that I honestly was kind of thrown off by. I posted a question box on my Instagram stories last week and you guys did not hold back. I just want to be the big sister that I wish I had because I was the oldest of three siblings and there are just a lot of questions that we have as women, as Christian women of God, that the church might not answer. So that is what I'm here to do today. First one, how to put my health first and lose weight as a woman of God for myself and my future husband. Okay, so this is the game we're playing. We're uh, on the track of slowly reintroducing the fitness advice now that the lawsuit's been settled. Also, P.S., I'm losing my voice a little bit because last night we had a revival night at church and I was yelling and hollering and singing for Jesus. So if I sound raspy, that's why. I love this question because the truth is... I'm losing my voice because I was yelling for Jesus, but also ding, 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 make sure you click the subscribe button and hit the bell is you can pursue a fitness. If you're listening to the podcast, I said that because as she was saying that there was a graphic that popped up on the screen. I'm sure you heard the little ding. Um, That was like a click and it said subscribed. It was a little graphic that says subscribed and there's a bell. Journey and also live for the Lord. And I just genuinely don't feel like it's discussed enough. I think too many times people will categorize fitness as something that Christians can't do because of the fitness industry, which yes, tread carefully in that realm, but it is possible to have a fitness journey and also live to glorify the Lord. Just because you are pursuing a fitness journey does not mean you are living in the bondage of vanity or self-image disorders or anything of that nature. You can pursue these things and do it for stewarding your temple like we are called to as Christians. Most of you guys probably know that I started in the fitness industry 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. And if you want to learn more about my testimony or hear how Jesus changed my life and retrieved me from the fitness industry and put me into ministry, which is truly night and day difference, then you can watch that video right here. Can You got out of it because Cassidy Campbell made a video exposing you for um, not providing promised products to your customers and you couldn't keep a lid on the complaints anymore. I'm trying not to be snarky about the concept of God working in mysterious ways because I do agree that God can work in mysterious ways, but God didn't make you scam people, Brittany. Like God didn't make you make the choices that you did when you were running Brittany Dawn Fitness. So for you to be like, God pulled me from the toxicity of the fitness industry and pulled me into ministry, it's like, that's that's one way to spin what happened. Also, I feel like that's just kind of an odd question to ask, how to put my health first and lose weight as a woman of God for myself and my future husband. I would, I would want to know why, why it's phrased like that, like how to put my health first and lose weight as a woman of God for myself and my future husband. I, I'm very confused by that question. Like, are they looking for maybe a Christian fitness program? Are they trying to figure out how to justify a change in lifestyle? Like if they suddenly start losing weight, are there people around them who are going to um, like make comments or make judgments about it? I don't know, but it's, it's definitely odd to me the way that that question is phrased. Doing a fitness journey become a problem? Absolutely. Just like with anything, we can pursue things in life for the very wrong reasons. If you are focused more on your body image and your body goals rather than the one who created your body, that's a problem. If you are talking more about your weight or the way you look or the goal that you want to reach more than you're talking about the one who put breath in your lungs this morning, that's a problem. Ask the Lord to come into your thoughts, renew your mind, renew your heart, and help keep you focused on Him before anything else. When you do that, everything else will fall into place. The next question, literally two words, oral sex. That was the question. Um, (laughs) This is one that they answered on episode three of the podcast Q&A series. Going forward though, and talking about the Q&As that Brittany Dawn did with her friends, I'm just going to call it episode three. Um, The most recent one, I'll say like episode one, two, or three. And let's just 
all understand that I'm not talking about episode three overall of her podcast. I'm talking about episode three in this specific series of Q&As that she has done with her friends. Now, in episode three, they answered this question and they said, yes, in, in the context of marriage, they said yes. Yes. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1, 28, be fruitful and multiply. God doesn't say in the Bible that you have to have sex in a certain way. The marriage bed is undefiled. However, if you are not married and you're performing oral sex on your significant other, that is sin. If you are trying to do everything but have sex in the dating season, you've completely missed the mark. God asks us to hold off on these things until marriage to protect our hearts. And that's coming from someone that did it the wrong way for a lot of years. So if you're married, have at it sister and if you're not married you should refrain from oral sex until that happens best advice for body this is something i want to draw more out of britney about because i'm not saying that she's doing this because of me or that she watches any of my videos but for a long time i have spoken on youtube about how frustrated i get with christian influencers and and churches in general uh for the way that they talk about sex before marriage and the way that they talk about, you know, quote unquote, purity and remaining pure until you're married. Most of the time, all we get is remain a virgin until you're married. And then once you're married, have as much sex as you possibly can, especially if your husband wants it. As long as he wants it, you better be providing it. Even though for the longest time we told you don't think about sex, don't do it, don't engage in it, like don't even have any sort of proximity to it because it's going to be dirty and it's going to make you disgusting and it'll make you impure. But now that you're married, run along, be fruitful and multiply. It's a lot of conflicting messaging that leads to a lot of confusion and guilt and shame. And it's just not great. Because as a Christian, if we are setting a standard for ourselves of keeping our thoughts honoring to God and making responsible choices with our body, I think it is really important to talk about what that looks like on a practical level. And is it just like, you're in the clear as long as you're not having sex vaginally or is it more important to talk about like listening to your gut and using discernment and deciding like how how intimate you want to get with somebody how much of yourself you want to share with another person there are so many more things that we could talk about that would um, help young Christian men and women, and even those of us who are a little bit older, in dealing with some of the confusing feelings that we get, and some of the the mixed messaging, honestly, that our young our young guys and girls get in terms of how to initiate responsible, intimate relationships. And so Brittany's saying something along the lines of like, if you if you're doing everything other than sex while you're dating somebody, she her words were that's a sin. Let's talk about it. Like, I, I want to talk more about that because that's not really a topic that's been broached on your channel before other than in in episode three because they also um, talked about this. Oh, and in episode two, I believe it was Emma talked about how she technically was a virgin when she got married, but her and Chance, her and her husband had done so many other things. And she was like, looking back on it now, like, I don't feel good about those things. Like, I've, I wish that we could have changed it. So Emma brought it up in episode two. Brittany just brought it up now. The nuance in the conversation of sex before marriage and purity culture. And I'm like, let's go. Let's talk a little bit more about it. Like, can we please, even hearing that like 20 to 30 second snippet, I'm like, okay, conversations are starting. I may disagree with the vast majority of the things that you say, but this is a start. Like having this conversation is a step in the right direction. And so I hope that we keep um, moving in the direction where we get into more nuanced conversations about intimate relationships in Christianity. Confidence. Before I say anything, I just want to preface that there is literally no confidence like confidence that comes from the Lord. And some of you guys might be sitting there wondering, okay, how do I attain that? How do I get that confidence from God himself? You get in God's word, you study God's word, you hear from the Lord himself of who he says that you are, not the world. This world is never going to make you feel good. It's always going to tell you you're not pretty enough, you're not good enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not this, you're not that. Because we live in a world that is capitalized 
on women's insecurities. The only way, and take that from someone who was in the fitness industry for years, the only way to truly feel confident in who you are is to know whose you are, a daughter of the king, and to know who you belong to. When you steward that, when you steward those words that God has spoken over your life, it changes everything. Body confidence can also come from just taking care of your body, stewarding your temple like we are called to do. It doesn't have to be going to the gym for an hour. You can go outside, go on a walk, go ride your bike, go walk your dog, go run with a friend, but do something to get moving. Eating foods that nourish your body. I know this isn't going to be popular for some people, but sometimes we slap God in the face by asking him to bless pizza for the nourishment of our body. And I just picture God saying like, what? It doesn't always have to be green juice and it definitely doesn't have to be a bowl of spinach, but eat foods that are going to make you feel your best. And if you struggle with eating healthy, invite the Lord into this space. He delights in helping us with the things that seem silly to us. A simple prayer that you can pray is, Lord, give me an appetite for the foods that nourish my body and give me self-control for the things that do not. He wants to help you with this, no matter how silly it may seem. What is your best period advice? You know, she had me in the first half. No one's ever asked me that question before, so I don't know what my answer would be. But in hearing Brittany's answer, I was like, okay, you know, uh, like dig into the word, find your worth in God, don't necessarily focus on the physical aspects of how you look, but also make sure you're treating your body well, going on walks, eating good nourishing food. Okay, like that's that's fine. I, I, I don't really have an issue with, with that answer. But then we get to the part where she says that we slap God in the face by eating pizza and asking God to bless it and allow it to nourish our body. Because of course we did. Of course that's where we ended up. It's gross to shame your viewers and your followers because they might have a pizza on a Friday night or they might take their kid to like Chuck E. Cheese or Peter Piper and have like a fun Sunday afternoon there and to be like, well, you're slapping God in the face. Like, I think that's rude. Sorry, I don't think you should comment on people's food choices. So this question is interesting because I didn't always have a period. I got put on birth control and I completely lost my period. It took it away for 10 plus years, which is just wild to say, but that was just the reality of it. So from about 18, 19 to 29, I never had a period. Was it awesome? Yes, but the side effects of the birth control pill were not even worth it. When I first came off birth control pills, when I was 29, so this was in 2020, my periods were so awful. They were painful. My cramps were terrible, literally felt like they were from the pit of hell. Y'all, I got a bone to pick with Eve one day. I was so desperate to feel better that I started researching foods that can cause periods to be worse or better. And I quickly found out that oils in our foods are one of the worst things we can be consuming as a female. Soybean oil, corn oil, the list could go on. I was so intrigued by this that I checked all the foods in our house and lo and behold, oils were in quite a few things that we even deemed as healthy. So I removed those, I eliminated oils as much as I could to the best of my ability. Obviously, when you're eating out, it's really hard to do that, but we cook and eat in about five out of seven days a week. So that was a pretty significant change. Within a month of making that change, I noticed that my body was feeling better, I was sleeping better, my period cramps had lessened, my period symptoms in general had lessened, and I just overall felt like it changed my life. I also took the time to go see a doctor to get a full blood panel done to see how my hormones were, where they were sitting after my miscarriage, and getting that checked changed the game for me. My hormones were all out of whack. My doctor got them back in line within a few months and I have never felt better. Your period should not be debilitating. It should not be so painful that you can't get out of bed and you can't function. And if it is, that's your body telling you that something's wrong. The next question, do you do? Okay. Um, I'm very, very glad that she eventually got to the point where she was like, and also I went to see a doctor who helped me get my hormone levels in check because that's a pretty significant part of that story. Um, but also at like, I, I have endometriosis. I can't give anybody period advice because my periods are very much not normal. However, as someone who also was on birth control for about 10 years, I got put on birth control when I was 13 ish because my periods were so awful and nobody, you know, thought to check for endometriosis until about 10 years later. Um, Having been on it for 10 years and then getting off of it, I know that there is a really, really severe and intense withdrawal period. And so it could be that 
Um, it wasn't the seed oils in her food. Maybe it was her just coming off of being on birth control for 10 years. I don't know the timing of that, but that's just something like, I don't know the timing of when she, um, got off the birth control to when she started eliminating seed oils and started feeling better. So I can't really speak to it in a definitive way, but like, that was my thought is, um, I remember how awful it was when I got off birth control for months afterwards. So it could be that she was experiencing some of that. And then eventually she got to like the other side of coming off of the birth control and then eventually ended up at a doctor's office who was able to test her hormones and get her back in line. Anyway, all that's to say, um, if you are, if you're having struggles with your period and you can afford to go to a doctor, I would definitely recommend doing that because every person's different. Every body is different. What works for some people isn't going to work for everybody else. We're all unique. Or believe in Botox. I have always been very open about this. I've been getting Botox since I was like 25, 26, something like that. So yes, do I get Botox? Yes, I do. Will I get Botox when I become pregnant? Absolutely not. And here's my take on it. I've never felt convicted over Botox. I eat all the right foods. Okay. I work out regularly. I'm healthy. My hormones are in check. I'm literally doing everything I possibly can inside my house by removing endocrine disruptors, except the candles. We've already covered this, y'all. I have changed my entire lifestyle in regards to hoping to conceive. I'm doing literally everything that's trendy and cool right now, except the things that I really don't want to do. <laughs> it's like, girl, if you like Botox, just get the Botox. I, I don't care. Like, do you think that people who are writing the Bible it had any thought of like future potential medical treatments or cosmetic treatments that people might engage in several thousand years later? No, they didn't. It, Botox is not a matter of your salvation. So why is she sitting here like feeling the need to justify why it's okay for her to get Botox? A baby, not even hoping we will conceive a baby. I believe that in Jesus' name that we're going to be parents. That being said, I have never felt convicted over Botox. If I ever feel convicted over Botox, I will absolutely yield to that and stop getting it. But I just don't believe that Botox is more powerful than my God. Sorry, you guys, I had to pause because the Amazon delivery guy was here. Well, you know what else is not more powerful than my God? Pizza. Why is it okay for you to get Botox, which is literally injecting botulinum toxins into your face, but you're going to tell people they're slapping God in the face by eating pizza? And the dogs were going crazy. The next question, would you adopt no hate? First of all, there's no hate in that question. I, don't, I think adoption is a beautiful thing. Yes, Jordan and I have always wanted to adopt. It has been on our heart to adopt since we met. I have wanted to adopt since I was like in my early 20s. The Lord put it on my heart, obviously, even though I wasn't really living for the Lord. I now know that was God placing that desire on my heart. I have always loved the idea of adoption. And then when I met Jordan, we shared that in common. So it's not necessarily a matter of if, but when. Adoption can be scary. I briefly mentioned that in my previous video of trying to conceive two years on our journey. There's just a lot of expenses. It's very expensive mm -hmm. in general. And so it's just a very intimidating thing to a lot of people. But what I do know is that I trust that if that is what God's desire is for us, and if that's his plan for our life, he's going to make a way because he's Jehovah Jireh. Online dating. Yes. I feel like so many of these questions are just super broad. And so I don't know if she's kind of condensed uh, like multiple questions about certain topics and then just been like, oh, people asked about this or like people had 15 questions about adoption, but I'm just going to say like, would you ever adopt? And I'm going to use that as the question. I'm not sure, but all of these are incredibly broad. I don't feel great about myself in saying this, but it's truly how I feel. I hope that Brittany Dawn is using the adoption is on my heart shtick purely for social media. Like I truly feel like it would not end well if she and Jordan adopted a child because no matter what age you adopt a child at, 
there are going to be so many outside factors that you are going to have to face and and work through and be the adult in handling for your family when you adopt a kid. Even if you adopt an infant, at some point, they're going to have questions about their biological family. When you adopt an infant, there's no guarantee that you are going to bond with that kid right away. It might take a few years. It might not ever come. You might not feel like this is my, like you might not be able to have that indistinguishable, unconditional love that you may have with a child that's biologically yours. There are just so many unknown factors. And if Brittany has shown us something over her time on the internet, it's that when something no longer serves her, she no longer has a use for it. And I just think that it would, it it would end up being a pretty, uh, an environment that is not conducive to healthy growth if they were to adopt a child. And so Man, I I really just hope, I hope that she is using this as a way to um, gain brownie points on social media instead of something that she is actively pursuing. Or no. If you're new here, my husband and I actually met online, somewhat matched on a dating app. It's a really long story, but we have an entire podcast episode over it. I also am probably going to sit down and do a YouTube video about it because it is a really sweet story of how the Lord brought us together and how his timing is just so perfect. It was just a wild thing. We like lived down the road from each other for years. It is just crazy. It was wild that we had never crossed paths because we were literally right under each other's noses. So if you guys want to hear that story, give this a thumbs up or let me know in the comments below and your short answer to online dating is I see nothing wrong with it. This question kind of caught me off guard. Um, I wasn't expecting to get asked about this, but it says, can you share about the gum surgery you've had? I'm going through the same thing. (laughs) She answered a little bit about, well, she brought this up in the last Q&A that I did a reaction to from her YouTube channel where she said she had cadaver tissue. And I was like, is that a word I've never heard of before or did you mean cadaver? And I was very confused. So maybe she'll sh- she'll shed some light on this. 2013, 2014, long story short, I went to the dentist and I found out very quickly that I have a genetic gum disease. What I mean by that is my gums recede faster than the average person. Not on all my teeth, but just on some. And in 2014, I had a four hour mouth surgery. This is gonna gross some of you guys out. I have cadaver tissue in my mouth. Really freaked me out for about a year or two, but honestly at this point, it is what it is and I've just honestly forgotten about it. Until now. my gums are already starting to recede again. So it's kind of discouraging, but at this point it's been almost 10 years and I feel like the surgery held up pretty good. The recovery process was brutal, but we made it through. I drank lots of smoothies. Overall though, I'm very happy with my surgery. I'm glad that I got it because it did help me. So if you're going through this, don't be scared. These dentists and these surgeons know what they're doing and trust that you're in good hands. Toxic girl gossip. If you work in the dental field and you happen to watch this video, I need you to please explain to me what cadaver tissue is. I've Googled it. I Googled it the first time she said it. I just Googled it again. Nothing comes up. And so I'm I'm fully open to the idea that because I'm not in the field, I'm missing a piece of information, but like I need to understand it. What is cadaver tissue? Is she simply saying cadaver wrong? Because logically, that's that's the conclusion I get to because she's like, oh, it kind of grossed me out that like I had cadaver tissue in my mouth, but like I forgot about it. So logically, it makes sense to me that she means cadaver tissue, but this is twice now that she said cadaver. And so I just, I need somebody to explain it to me. Somebody with the knowledge to explain it. I know that within my audience, there are so many interesting people with so many really, really cool professions that I would have never guessed would be interested in watching anything that I have to say. So you work in the dental field. There's got to be at least one of you in my audience. Please explain this to me. 
culture. How to break the cycle. Well, it's really this simple. Remove yourself from the cycle. Um, I heard this a few weeks ago and it really resonated with this situation and so I wanted to share it. You know, when you get a bunch of strawberries from the store, one strawberry is the one that goes moldy and then it follows with the rest. It's the same way with our friendships. If we are choosing to surround ourselves with people who are moldy, for lack of better terms, people who are gossiping, people who are slandering, people who are not living for the Lord, people who are drinking, partying, carrying on the list could go on eventually that mold is going to spread to you and if there's someone in your circle who is talking bad about other people what makes you think she's not talking about you when you're not around because trust me girl I've been there done that and it's not worth it if she is talking about other women when they're not there with you she is definitely gossiping about you as well gossip is a spirit and you don't have to tolerate it choose your friends wisely is it okay for Christian women Overall, I can generally agree with what she's saying here and just kind of being aware of the kinds of conversations that you're having and how you're speaking about other people and like the intent behind the words that you say about other people and making sure that you're not in a toxic environment where it's just catty and nasty and like taking joy in things going wrong for other people and being like, oh my gosh, did you hear that this happened? And like, reveling in bad things happening to other people. But I do think that there is a healthy amount of gossip that can exist within relationships. I think it's, I I saw something, I don't know if it was an article or a study. If I find it, I'll link it below. Um, But it, it talked about how gossip does help us cultivate relationships. And so personally, I think just like a little bit of lighthearted gossip isn't the worst thing in the world. It is just a matter of monitoring those conversations and making sure that you're engaging in like lighthearted, harmless gossip and you're not encroaching in the toxic territory where really hurtful things are actually being said. And like Brittany said, if you are in those kinds of relationships or you're having those kinds of conversations, you can remove yourself from them. You can say, I don't feel comfortable having this conversation. It feels really mean to me. I'm not interested in talking about this person or I'm not interested in talking about the situation and just kind of like shutting it down there. Instead of removing yourself and being like, I don't want to talk about it, bye, I would say like, this isn't cool that this is what we're talking about. This is actually really mean. And I don't think any of us would feel comfortable having this conversation if X person was here. And you can actually like alter the dynamics of how people are spoken about within your friend groups. Because sometimes people can go too far without even really thinking about it. And it just takes kind of like a reality check of, oh, you're right. That was not cool of me to say to kind of bring somebody back down. Sometimes, not all the time, but just something to think about. And to wear thongs. Yes, I have never felt convicted about this. But that being said, the only person who should be seeing your thong is your husband. Not your boyfriend, not your significant other, not someone that you kind of like or maybe you're sleeping around with. It should be your husband. So if you're wearing thongs for anyone but a husband, yeah, it's wrong. This is a spy. That seems like a question that, like, no offense if you're, like, a 15-year-old girl, but that seems like the kind of question a 15-year-old girl would ask. Is like, is it okay if I wear a thong? Like, is that a sin? Is that a bad thing? And I just can't imagine many 15, like, many young girls who um, would be asking these kinds of questions actually watching Britney's channel. I mean, apparently somebody in her audience did ask her that, but I would be very interested to know the age of the person asking. Because again, I feel like a lot of the questions that she's answered and a lot of the answers that she's given are skewed toward a a younger audience. But I can't imagine like high school girls watching Britney's content and, and being entertained by it. Like I feel like a lot of the people who watch and consume her content are people like Brittany, people who are her age and who um, lean into the more like fundamental evangelical realm of Christianity, people who are married, people who might be moms or who are trying to conceive. Like that's who I picture listening to her content and like watching her videos. So it is just interesting to me to see all these questions being asked and these answers being given that skew a lot younger than I would expect of her channel and the people who watch it. 
Spicy question. As a Christian, do you use toys during sex? We are newly saved, but married five years. So we actually talked about this on an upcoming podcast. I think that episode will be releasing... I think that episode will be releasing September 5th, which is a Tuesday. So like two weeks from probably when this is going live. Here's my stance on sex toys. God intended sex to be between man and woman, not man, toy, and woman. God intended sex to be between a man and a wife, a husband and a wife. And my conviction is that if you're getting more pleasure from a toy than your husband, the way God intended it to be, that can be an idol. But like I always say, seek the Lord on this. Pray about this. If you are using sex toys in the bedroom with your spouse, pray about it. Ask the Lord what he thinks about it. How have your modesty convictions... That would be her answer. I don't remember in which episode they spoke about it because honestly, a lot of the things that they said like blurred together. I've I told you guys it was kind of hard for me to like distinguish actual answers that were being given in those episodes because it is so much of them being like, yes, girl, yes, amen. Come on, spirit. I feel it. Like them just hyping each other up. And so I honestly don't remember what they said. Did they talk about it in the episode that I did a reaction to on my channel? I don't know. Okay, so it's a few days later and I am just popping in here to let you know that I went back and listened to all three episodes of the podcast that Brittany did with Farron, Kelly, and Emma, and they did not talk about this. It was really, really bothering me that um, the, the idea that they had spoken about something and I had absolutely no recollection of it. Like just on a personal level, I, I was thinking, I have listened to all of these episodes. How do I not remember them speaking about this? And so I did go back. I listened to all three on 1.5 speed because obviously I listened to them on 1.5 speed the second time around and they don't bring it up. So I don't know why it's not in there. I'm not sure if maybe they disagreed or Brittany ended up feeling like the conversation they had was too spicy or maybe she wasn't comfortable with some of the things that were said. I I mean, I really have no idea. It is pure speculation. But I just had to let you know that from what was included in the final cut of all three episodes between Brittany and her friends, they did not talk about sex toys. This is going to really bug me because I can't remember the specific thing that I'm trying to recall But there was one point where they were talking about oral sex and it it was Brittany and her friends saying like, God designed marriage to be holy and to be fun and to be like fulfilling. And so um, oral sex isn't like dirty or wrong because it's being done within the confines of your marriage and that's a sacred thing. So it's like, Oral sex, which is something that a lot of Christians do have a negative view on, is okay because it's being done within your marriage, but it's not okay to use something else to enjoy marriage, to enjoy sex within the context of your marriage or within the confines of your marriage, because why? Like, I I would want to know, like, theologically, what the issue is there because if if we want to go back to Brittany saying like the verse that she says of um like of backing up oral sex being okay is to be fruitful and multiply you can't multiply with oral sex you can't so why would that verse justify oral sex because she wants it to I really feel like some people are committed to taking moral high ground by like presenting really strong stances on things that don't particularly matter like the use of sex toys it's it takes me back to what mickey said about um it being like virtuous to struggle it's like if you want to get a sex toy get a sex toy it can be very fun to use that with your spouse and it can um, make the experience that you guys have together even better but instead of thinking about it like that, Brittany is like, uh-uh, no, because that's not between a man and a woman. That's a man and a toy and a woman. I don't know. I, I would just want to hear more about the thought process behind that. 
evolved since getting married. When you get married, a lot of things change, including the way you dress, including the way you carry yourself. You're no longer single. You're no longer out there trying to meet a man. You are taken, you are married, and you are chosen. And I think that in that comes a beautiful exchange with the way that we dress. Obviously, the Lord was already working on my heart before I met Jordan. So you shouldn't be modest if you're looking for a husband, but then once you get a husband, that's when you start dressing modestly. Like, that's what she just said. She's like, once you get married, you're no longer out there looking for a man. So a natural change occurs. In regards to my modesty convictions, but I would say that my modesty convictions really changed and I really yielded to them after I met Jordan. I got schwacked by the Holy Spirit in 2019 and I met Jordan in 2020. So it took about a year for the Lord to really get a hold of me in this realm. Even so, modesty convictions are very personal. For me, I just don't feel like I need to show off every curve of my body. I don't feel like that's beneficial. Ask yourself, why am I wearing this? Why am I dressing this way? Am I dressing this way to get attention? Am I dressing this way to get a man to look at me? lustfully because that's a problem. That's a heart check. It's one thing to dress a certain way because it makes you feel good and confident. It's another to be dressing one way to get attention. I really want to sit down and do an entire video over modesty because there's just so much to unpack here. The Lord has completely transformed my life in the way that I dress, especially coming from the fitness industry. And so you can definitely look forward to seeing a video about that in the future. Is it wise or pure to get... I think people should dress however they want to dress and in whatever fashion and or manner makes them feel like they're making the right choice for themselves. But it's not lost on me that Brittany is constantly speaking about the heart posture and not needing to dress in a certain way to make other people lust after you and like checking yourself and making sure that you don't um, show every curve of your body. And then at the same time, in vlogs, she's including angles that are predominantly focusing on her butt or her midriff, or she's posting, you know, Instagram stories in bikinis. And so with this, it's just like, you're saying one thing and you're doing another thing. And that's really frustrating because it is hypocrisy. Just because somebody's in a bikini doesn't mean that they're doing it for the attention of a man or to make a man have lustful thoughts about them and to think about like, oh, if I wear this bikini, maybe every guy who looks at me is going to think about what it would be like to have sex with me. And that's why I'm going to wear it. People, a lot of people don't think like that. I would venture to say most people don't think like that. Most people think like, oh, this is cute and I think I look good in it. So that's why I'm going to wear it. So I think Brittany's kind of missing a key point of the conversation here because most people aren't dressing in ways to, again, induce lust from other people. And it's kind of confusing to have Brittany sitting here saying not to dress in a way that she would consider immodest and not to show the curves of your body, but then to have her actively posting on the internet in a direct opposition to what she is saying. That's confusing for people. That's frustrating for people. That makes me doubt a lot of the things that she says and the way that she says people should live their lives. Because if you're saying one thing and behaving in a different way, when it comes to simply how you are dressing, what else are you doing that on? Brazilian waxes. I mean, I've never felt convicted about that. So maybe other people would feel convicted about that. I just, I never have. Was the wedding night awkward? Not at all. Could it? That's another question that she has answered before, and she said that she was going to get a Brazilian wax for her wedding night with Jordan, but her future mother-in-law at the time, her mother-in-law now, had told her um, not to do it if she'd never gotten one before because she didn't know if she was going to have a bad reaction to it. He absolutely. I've heard countless stories where the wedding night was awkward. It took time to warm up to each other and that's completely okay. Everyone has a different story. For us, Jordan and I had a lot of really intimate but difficult talks before we were ever physically intimate. In our engagement season and in our dating season and in premarital counseling, those are conversations we had. How often would you want to have sex? What's your favorite position? I'm just being honest, you guys. Like These are things that you can talk about without getting all riled up. Talk about it over dinner where you're in a safe place. There's not going to be any temptations to head to the bedroom and having these conversations before you get married, before you entertain the thought of physical intimacy with each other is going to alleviate any awkwardness or tension. How to stop being in the drinking. 
no comment. I, I have no interest in commenting on their premarital sexual counseling culture. So this is the same thing as removing yourself from toxic gossip environments. If you are around people who are drinking, you are naturally going to be pressured and feel inclined to drink. If you are around people who are smoking, you are naturally going to be pressured and inclined to smoke. If you're around people who are constantly in the middle of sexual sin, you are naturally going to be inclined to also pursue sexual sin. So if you're in that situation, I want to encourage you from a Christian perspective, from a big sister who's a Christian, to really evaluate evaluate your friends. There's such a cliche saying of like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you where you'll be in five years. But it is so true, you guys. Like my friends five years ago, I was leading down a path of destruction. Whereas now my friends, regardless of what happens, regardless of where life takes me, regardless of what house I live in, regardless of what car I drive, I know that I know that I know that my friends now care about my soul. They care about my eternal well-being, and they are going to hold me accountable. They are going to call me higher and they are going to lead me to the cross. That is the kind of friend that you deserve. Okay, that wraps up this juicy girl chat Q&A. I love doing this. This was really fun. So if you guys want me to do more of these talking about the hard subjects that you might not get answers to in church, let me know in the comments below and I will definitely make that happen. As always, thank you guys so much for stopping in and I will see you guys in the next vlog. Bye. My mind is working right now. On a surface level, the question being asked and the answer she gave I don't have any problem with that. If somebody is like feeling like all they're doing with their friends is going out and drinking and going to bars and the actions that they are taking are not contributing to the kind of life that they want to have, absolutely. You can maybe talk to your friends and say, hey, I feel like we're like this is all we're doing. Do any of you want to um, maybe try doing some other things, maybe engage in some other activities? And if they want to, great. You go down that path or if not, if none of like if you have that conversation and they're all like, no, this is what we like doing and you don't want to do that anymore. OK, yes. Remove yourself from the situation. Put yourself in like put yourself in a situation where you're going to find um, people who have similar interests as you do and make new friends. Again, surface level. I don't have an issue with the question that was asked or the way that she answered it. However, I'm wondering if something is coming down the pipeline in terms of Brittany Dawn's um, activities or like offerings or events that she's hosting because she has brought up drinking a little bit more and more um, in one of the in the in the first podcast episode that she did with her friends they all kind of made a point to answer a question about Christian wine nights and they all talked about how they don't really drink and so I'm seeing it pop up not all the time, but just like a little bit here and there. And I'm just wondering if it's intentional or coincidental. It could be that I'm totally like reading way too much into this. And it just so happens that people are asking her about this more frequently. And so that's why she's talking about it. But at the same time, my conspiracy brain is working over time because I'm like, what does this mean? Is she going to do a class or a retreat or like, she's probably not going to do an ebook. I don't think Brittany Dawn would do an ebook at this point, but maybe she's going to be part of a conference and the speech is going to be on abstaining from drinking. I don't know. I don't know. Things are just like rattling around in my head, but regardless of that, that was the video. I obviously gave my thoughts throughout the entire thing, so I'm excited to hear any thoughts that you might want to share. If you are watching the video on YouTube, you can leave them in the comment section, and if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this particular episode. While you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating or a review, that would be incredible, and if you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you, and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you, and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people, and I will see you in the next one. Bye.